are the adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. What's up, Internet? You're listening to episode two of the Series 6 podcast, where we review each and every episode of Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. We are your hosts. I'm RD. I'm Jay. Get ready to engage your hyperdrives. So this time around, we'll be reviewing the second episode titled New Frontier. But before getting into that, uh, let's talk about why uh, we're so late releasing this one. What? Um, somebody had technical difficulties with their own computer that somebody named Cook begin with a J? <laughs> Just maybe. Maybe. Just saying. It was me. So, <laughs> And I've already thrown myself on my sword a couple times now. So all right, can we all get right. to the review now? Right? Let's get to the review. Uh, we're going to start the episode now. It's going to be playing in the background. And uh, we'll do our usual spiel. Okay, so this episode, it starts off in uh, Galactic Alliance headquarters. Uh, I forgot what you called it, Beta Mountain or something? Beta, Beta Mountain, that's correct. Wow. See, the first Good. time we recorded see? it, you, <laughs> you said no Beta idea. Mountain, and I remembered it. You remembered it, see? You're calling it Galactic Headquarters of the... Power Cowboys, I don't know. <laughs> Power Cowboys. So, I don't know. Just, oh, I don't remember what you said. This is what happens when we record stuff. Because it's going to be stupider. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's definitely stupider, yes. Um, okay, so a floating brain walks into the into the briefing room, right? Uh, I forget his name. You, you can remind me again. General Nagata. Okay, General Nagata. Uh, Supreme Commander. He oh. is a floating brain. He's a he's a brain that's underneath a glass dome that's on top of like a triangular flying saucer type of thing. And it just hovers into the room and it's talking to people. Whenever he talks, the brain lights up. They do a pan of the room as he's walking, as he's floating by everybody. And you see Buzz Wang. He's a new addition. Like you didn't see him in the last episode, right? It's the first time you see him, but you don't necessarily get an introduction to who he really is. No, they don't name him. I think he might have one line or something. Yep, you know, and mustache dude. I'm sorry, that dude's mustache is fabulous. He's always fabulous. You <laughs> just can't. I can't. All he's missing is a banana seat because he has the big handlebars. Oh my goodness! So general handlebars gives Zach's team the go ahead. He said, Galaxy Rangers are go, you know, letting him know that his new team of specially created, the Series 5 Rangers, right? This is Series, we're, we're calling ourselves Series 6. That's and right. Series five. They're the okay. Series 5 Rangers. We're the Series 6 podcast. And are, are you just piecing that together? No, man. I just didn't remember how I lost the track. I didn't remember. <laughs> All right. But uh, you skipped over General Nagata's briefing. Oh, I'm sorry. The information that he shared with the Rangers was kind of important. It was uh, that, oh, okay. what's his name? Captain Kidd is in Tortuna, and he has information about the missing humans that, that were taken from, uh, the humans that were taken from Kirwin. He knows where they are, and he's basically selling the queen out because he's on the run from her or whatever. So He's a dirty bird. <laughs> the, the Rangers get the green light from, <laughs> from handlebars. And right. 
uh, it goes into the sequence where they they go up some elevator, and it brings them up to like the their charging pads. So each of them goes in four different directions, and there's these charging pads that look like uh, Star Trek transporters or something, and uh, that's where they get their Series Five implants charged. You ever notice that they're standing on pentagrams? There's four rangers, and they're only going in four directions, so they're standing on a square. Yeah, pentagrams. <laughs> Just saying. Look at it. It's a pentagram above and below. It's a pent. So this is why I lose stuff because I get caught up in details, and I lose stuff. Right, I'm still I got sorry you. about that. <laughs> Don't worry. Okay. Okay. You're forgiven. Okay. This is gold. Where were we? Oh yeah. Um. So like. So they get their implants charged. Miko's hair flares out. Uh, she says, I'm charged and I'm fierce. And then she does two snaps in a circle. Wow, she has the biggest bangs. I can't. I can't even. <laughs> Sorry, I just got... I'm having a bad hair day. I think that's the issue. We got eyebrows, <laughs> handlebar mustaches, and bangs. <laughs> just... I'm telling you, there's a lot of fuzz on this show. Uh, we haven't even gotten into Zachary's eyebrows, man. We talked about the eyebrows the last time we recorded this. I know. I just saw them again. I was like, wait a minute. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. They're still they're still there, oh. Jay. I know. But what's interesting is, like, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute. I have to think about it. Every single character in this show has some different hairstyle of some sort, if you look at it. Yes. You could tell exactly who you're looking at just by their hair silhouette. Right. All right. Here we go. Anyways, they're charged, and then they go and get on a train to go somewhere else. Yeah, it's like a gondola, sort of. It sounds like the most inefficient sci-fi base I've ever been in. Wasn't the train up there waiting for them? No. A little platform slides over, then they walk across the platform, and then they get on the little train. Well, I mean, look, all right, if it wasn't that intricate, then we wouldn't have this awesome FMV sequence. That's true. True. While they're in the train awkwardly standing in silence, the hangar is assembling their aircraft, their spacecraft, I should say. Right. I do love how modular their spaceships are in the entire series. You'll probably see, I think there's, I can think of three variations of the spaceship. The, the, um, this is Ranger 1 is their main ship. And you'll see three, three variations. There's different configurations depending on, on the mission that they're going on, Right. Right. I remember seeing a uh, like some kind of Mars rover being loaded into the bottom of the front. Right. I remember the submarine when they went to the water planet. That was cool. Yeah. Let's not skip too far ahead, though. We're in episode two. Um, so, yeah. The technology in the program is just always really good. I think it was well done. Um, very Japanesque in its approach. Um, I mean, and I will say there's a bunch of stuff. I mean, because the creators had worked on Thunderbirds before, you can kind of see a lot of that in it. Like, if you've ever seen Thunderbirds 2086, which was the show he worked on, um, not that... Was that, not, was that animated? Yeah, it was totally animated. So it was Japanese animated. Thunderbirds 2086, you gotta look it up. And then Gooseman jumps in his own little craft, which is um, the Interceptor, and they all launch out of little honeycomb launch bays that look a lot like for those of you who are remember all the sci-fi shows Battlestar Galactica and yeah it looks like the Viper Buck Rogers they all launch out yeah it does Viper from Battlestar I know 
It's cool. And uh, who is the AI in Ranger 1? I think it's GB, right? Yeah, so GB's in Ranger 1, right. And Goose in his Interceptor, he has Alma. She's a female AI. Elma? Not Velma, like in Good Times? No, it's not It's not Velma either, like in Scooby-Doo. I like Velma from Good Times, but, you know, that was different. I had a crush. It was great. <laughs> when I was too young to have a crush. Why are we talking about... Captain Kid likes booty. He does. He says it a lot. At least he did in the last episode. Let's see, where are we? So they arrive on uh, on Tortuna, and they they land the ship just out of town and unveil their horses. Now, they have these robot horses with AIs, so the, horse, the horses, like, talk to them and stuff. And they also have real hair, at, like, for their manes and tails. That's I found that to be weird. I found that interesting, too, man, but... I love, I did, I did think it was pretty interesting that all of them have their own interesting little quirks. You know, we got one that's calling Doc the, Doc the whole time, Wilbur, as in Mr. Ed Wilbur. And I'm, I'm still the same. They, got, they should have little compartments where they hide guns and other stuff on these horses. These are robots, so it should be like RoboCop. You know, or even they transform and fly, like, you know, some of the ones did in um, Brave Star. Some of the bad guys' horses flew in Brave Star. But they look like sleds with horse heads. Yeah. So now they're inside of the bar. In the typical bar scene that happens in all spaghetti westerns, Gooseman walks in, opens the door in his trench coat. It was pretty cool how these guys are from Earth, humans, Galaxy Rangers, rolling up and just coming in there like, like bosses. That's right. Like, they're perfectly at home in a wretched hive of scum and villainy. So the first thing that Goose does is picks a fight. He starts questioning the bartender, and then one of the patrons of the bar starts smack-talking Goose. And uh, that's when he has that famous line of his, Shut your face. Shut your face. <laughs> this is fabulous. I love it. I'm not talking to you. So the, the so the guy stands up, and he calls Goose on, on his challenge. And... Um, and Goose pulls his gun, quick draw style, and shoots the chandelier above the guy. Goes for the non-lethal approach, right? Yeah. Like, uh, just further proof that Goose is the good guy. He may come off like, uh, like harsh and like a badass, but he's he's still a good guy at his core. Yeah, true. But you know, I do like out of the Galaxy Rangers, Nico's the only one with a shotgun. Oh yeah, Miko's strapped. He's rocking a double barrel. She's not playing. No. Uh. Miko with the shoddy. I know. See the girl. See the girl. And then, of course, Captain Kid interjects as they, these four, well, actually the three of them, in, three of them in the bar, pulling out guns yeah. on a room full of people. They got cojones and then some. Yeah. So they have like a, a bit of a Mexican standoff until Captain Kid uh, interrupts the whole thing and de-escalates the situation. So now they're sitting at a table with Captain Kid. And first thing Zach says to him is, where is my wife? Zachary earns his eyebrows. This goes back to my last sentiment, in which Captain Kidd would be a bloody feathery mess, dude. As soon as I saw him, I'd jump on him. Zach's a better man than it. Yeah, but he had information that they needed. And how, how else were they going to find Zachary's wife? You know, I'd still be, I'd have moments, man. I'd be there like, you'd see me like just trembling in my chair waiting for him to say something stupid. <laughs> just <laughs> wait, man. I mean, 
Like, they'd be like, you know, they'd be like, Goose would be the dude holding me back. Like, okay, Zach, he's up. He's like, I'm bionic, dude. I'm putting my mechanical <laughs> foot up his. All right, so. I'm going to kick him in his. I'm gonna, anyway. I'm kick him in so far up, his giblets going to feel it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just. So feel it in his giblets. I'm, uh, oh, I'm gonna kick him like, in the wishbone. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna be like, yo, it's gonna be it's just be like, y'all, like we have a. I would tell him. I would tell him. I would be start the conversation. You know what? If I was Zach, I would have started the conversation off a little bit better and told him about Thanksgiving first, and then asked the question about where's my wife. And I come in with the threat. If you're gonna come up there like that, like you know, so on my planet, we have this thing we find the biggest bird we can find, we chop its head off, we bring it to our dinner table, and we eat it with sweet potatoes and everything else. Oh, by the way, where's my wife? <laughs> it should have went that way. I mean, he was afraid, Captain Kidd. Or he seemed to be anyway. Yeah, a little nervous. But then what does he do? He betrays them yet again. He hits like a button or something, and suddenly the Queen of the Crown's uh, men storm the saloon. So Goose whistles, and in comes Doc with the horses. They all smash in, and Doc bails them out. It's cave. He breaks out both guns. Then Captain Kidd goes all chicken shit. So Goose circles back to get Captain Kidd. And while he's doing that, he gets shot in the leg by a laser or something. So he gets Captain Kidd, and then he touches his badge, displaying his ability to heal. Like He touches his badge, his leg glows, and the laser wound disappears. Right. And I think there's two other spots. So Zach did the same thing. He touches his badge earlier on and actually picked up a table with one arm, his bionic arm. Yes. And threw the table. It gives bionic arm super strength. Then later on, the Queen of the Crown looking through the eyes of a slaver lord. And the slaver lord gestures angrily that they're escaping. Yes. Uh, so what, what uh, Captain Kidd had told them is that the humans are, including Eliza, Zachary's wife, are on an asteroid or of some kind. And uh, he tells Zachary, I don't want to go. And Zachary's like, that's exactly where we're going. <laughs> so, Well, before that, though, can yes. we go back? I want to go back to the pacifist alien again. That dude is a pacifist, right? And why is he the dude pressing the button on... Are we talking about Waldo? The cannon. Yeah, he was... He's the, I mean, right before they get to the ship, he presses the button that shoots at the Queen of the Crown's minions. And he's supposed to be a pacifist. But the Queen of the Crown's minions are robots. What? Yeah. What? We're not talking about Captain Kidd's people. Captain Kidd's people are organic. Right. Well, that's true. I guess so. So he's so he's 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 aggressive to mechanical things, right? Not organic things. He has no problem killing a machine because you can't kill a machine, right? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Good point. Okay. Okay, I can see that now. And now I'm going to pay really close attention to how violent this guy really is. <laughs> He's repressed. He's clearly repressed. Waldo is a ticking time bomb. That son of a bitch is going to blow any second now. I guess if they make another season, Waldo's going to be like some Jack Diesel alien dude. Like, with a, look like an alien Rambo. <laughs> it just, it should be all in. Uh, where are we? Oh, okay. So, so on the way to the asteroid, Miko takes Zack's hand and, uh, and gets a vision of Eliza and the Slaver Lord. Uh, it's not really clear why the two images pop into her head, but that's what she sees. And then Miko slams her head on the console. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, there's a sound effect for it. She bangs her bang. That's it. <laughs> she that bangs great. her bang right on the console. And then she says, <laughs> and then she says, I'm okay. 
I, I was like, wow, are you sure you're okay? Because <laughs> that was a that was quite a whack you took there. No kidding. She <laughs> uh, has a big forehead. <laughs> you left a little blood there. You, you might need some stitches. <laughs> <You're kidding. laughs> I'm okay, she says. She says, okay, you'll never see those stitches anyway. There's a piece of your face there. I think that's funny. Oh. So they arrive at the asteroid. I'm exaggerating. There was no blood. <laughs> yeah, this should have been. So they arrive at the asteroid, and right. Doc says he's jamming. I guess that means they're in stealth mode, right? Uh, and and then they, they knock out a couple of guards uh, using witty banter, I guess. Yeah, something about asking about his rent, maybe. Yeah, checks in the mail. Like the the robots, yeah. the way the way the robots were behaving was weird. Like they they don't they don't seem like robots. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So then it goes over to the queen's. What'd you call it? The psycho crypt. Psycho crypt. What a creepy name. Yes, yeah, so lame. So in the psycho crypt, there's all this machinery, and the queen is taking these aliens called gherkins, and she's (laughs) (laughs) gherkins. I'm sorry, you know what a gherkin is, right? It's a pickle, right? Right, right. So they're pickle people, but they look like prunes, little pink prunes. (laughs) So she's so the the queen, the California raisins, but the queen is complaining. That it takes many gherkins to make one slaver lord. Like, their life force is weak. And I'm like, wow, this woman is really evil. Like, she's showing how sinister she is. Right. So, um... She will kill three beings to make one slaver lord. Yeah, whereas yeah. whereas the human life force is supposedly stronger, and it only takes one human to make one slaver lord. The ratio... The slaver lord to human ratio is much better. Yeah, so they're creeping around... The Galaxy Rangers and and Captain Kidd, they're creeping around, trying to locate the Queen, I guess. And they fall through trap doors and go down some, like, Cloud City-style slides, uh, like Luke Skywalker did in Empire Strikes Back. And uh, everybody makes a nice landing. They all land on their feet like gymnasts and whatnot. I I give them an 8, except Captain Kidd. I give him a 10. My man landed right on his cloaca and didn't miss a beat. I know. (laughs) He jumped right back to his feet. Bouncing. And the queen says, you've fallen right into my trap. That's hilarious. And I was like, I was like, are you sure? These are the freaking Galaxy Rangers. They got Series 5 implants. And they're they're out to get you. Are you sure they fell into a trap? Well, the fact that she actually said, you fell into my trap. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have been. I, I, there's no sarcastic Galaxy Rangers. Mm. I thought it was funny. I would have laughed a little bit at her. <laughs> Well, there's not a whole lot in the way of smack talk with the with the Rangers. Like they all seem to be pretty much to the point. Zach, where's my wife? Goose, shut your face. <laughs> like, they pretty much say what the hell they mean. No kidding, man. They cut right to the chase. So uh, the Queen is like bragging about how slaver lords are her eyes and ears. I'm noticing that the slaver lords they don't really do much uh, other than lurk. They kind of just stand around and lurk and look impressive. But they don't really do anything. I haven't seen any slaver lords fight. Maybe we'll see them fight in a future episode. I mean, they're like eight feet tall. Jeez. Yeah, they are. They're pretty tall. So she's she starts waving uh, Zach's wife around in his face, <laughs> saying "Yeah, neener neener" and all that stuff. And then see at that point, eyebrows are completely feraled. 
<laughs> and kid would have been getting mechanical boot up the butt right there in front of the queen. I, w- I would have turned around with, you know, I would have had a moment. I would have lost. See, when he looked at him, when he looked at him, he's like, she's not dead. She's not dead. You see him sweating. He's a chicken not sweating. He would have been catching mechanical, <laughs> biometrical boot up uh, up his giblets. I'm not even playing. Okay, okay. Let's get back. No, man. No, no. You're, you're... I'm, I'm with eyebrows. Let's do it right now. So what happens is Goose tells eyebrows. Now you got me doing it. Goose tells Zachary to let loose a thunderbolt. Uh, so yeah, Zachary <laughs> touches touches his badge. What did he his say? arm lights up. What did he say? And he, what did he, what did he, he sh- say? And he shoots a, a thunderbolt. <laughs> let loose a thunderbolt. He's he like, he did say thunderbolt. He's like, he's like, can you tap? Like tap what? <laughs> She's right here. <laughs> um, fun. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he meant tap his badge. So, okay, so Zach uses the Thunderbolt to blow up the machinery. And I have in my notes, uh, he blows up the machinery and dot, 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 frees the humans? Question mark? Okay. Yes, exactly. He grabs his wife. Nico's right there with him. Mm -hmm. She ignores the tap comment (laughs) and just, and they just break out. And you see the Galaxy Rangers run to their ship. I'm pretty. I'm not sure Ranger One can hold hold all of them. They never show the humans again. To be honest, they never show the humans that that are freed. Yeah, they, like they immediately they free them and then they they go. All right, you're on your own. <laughs> you're you're free. They're like yeah. To die. It's kind of lame. They leave them there with slave lords and robots. It's like you're free and deuces. I got you know. I gotta go. <laughs> I think they tipped their hand of what their main goal actually was. It was to get Eliza back. That was their main objective. And, you know, they set the humans free. Now, now skedaddle. What do you mean you need a ride? What do I look like? Space Uber? Get out of here. Exactly. You know, that's right. Space Uber. Space Goober. So while Gooseman's fighting off the fighters while they're getting away and leaving all the rest of the humans on the asteroid because I didn't see them leave. Uh-huh. Because Zachary is single-minded. Oh, we, we didn't explain how the um, the Slaver Lord crystals work. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Uh, so what, happened, what happens is the humans that are enslaved, that, that are, uh, whose life forces are being drained to create the Slaver Lord, uh, their body is rendered unconscious and they have a... a a heart crystal attached to their chest, a cycle crystal, I guess. Yeah. And, and the, that crystal has a counterpart that, is, that sits on the chest of the slaver Lord. So the only way to make the human wake up is to join the crystals. So what happens is uh, Zachary rescues Eliza's, Eliza's unconscious body. He picks her up. And then as soon as he does that, her slaver Lord, her slaver lord counterpart uh, just vanishes in thin air, and the, its crystal floats and then uh, flies off to the to the queen's hand, to the queen's waiting hand, and then she starts like going neener neener again, telling Zach that she's going to yeah. use the crystal as leverage and all that stuff. You may have her body, but you know I still have her crystal and her life force and all this stuff. Right, and I can see through her eyes, and what she sees, I'll see. And yes. All that stuff. So pretty much she's clearly a window to 
whatever he's privy to, as long as his wife's hanging yeah. out. So you know, you, you just so he's not allowed to prop his wife's helpless, lifeless body up in the house or on any <laughs> secret bases that they're at. Oh my goodness! So I'm gonna take my my wife's lifeless body to my special secret base with me, so the queen can know where I am. That's I can't travel around with my wife, lest the queen know where I be. Right, right. I can't use my wife as luggage. What am I going to do? I'm going to put her in the house. That's it. She's going to sit and look at a window. He could put her on rollerblades and just push her around. You know? So it'll be like Weekend at Bernie. She's running around with it. Oh, he could borrow General Kanata's flying saucer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like uh, on a, a slice of pizza-shaped UFO, just floating around behind him wherever he goes. Right. That'd be hilarious. Uh, So, once again... The episode ends with Zachary making a promise to his kids. I'll find her psycho crystal if it takes the rest of my life. And uh, it may just take the rest of your life, eyebrows. <laughs> you may have found a new career, well, the pal. First thing they, well, we forgot to talk about how they freeze his wife. They put his wife into cryosleep. That's it. Yeah. And then Zach makes his decree. But... I'm just going to tell our listeners for a minute just that these two episodes, originally when this was aired, it was aired as one episode. So episode one and episode two was all one movie. And that's how, when I saw it, when I first saw it, that's exactly how it looked to me. Like I got to see all the stuff going on with Captain Kidd and episode one, him being, you know, talking about booty the whole time. And then eventually, <laughs> you know, getting, you know, getting in trouble. And then the second episode happened. And then, okay. you know, and then it was all like one movie. So it just happened. Everything happened pretty quick. You know, this show, Jack was back on Earth now after this thing did his bionic arm. It seemed like it happened right after he got away from Captain Kid. Then right after that, he goes right back out to go see Captain Kid again. And my problem is still, he just got this brand new bionic arm because of Captain Kid. I would have been more than happy to show him how it works. And my mechanical boot would still be up at his giblets. I'm going to say it as many times as I have to. By the way, does Zach have a bionic leg as well? Yeah. The whole half of his body is. Half of his body? Wow. Yeah. Arm and legs, yes. All right. Arm and legs. If you go back to episode one, you'll see, like, they show it. They kind of show the whole thing. So you'll see where he's bionic. So what does the Series 5 implant do for his leg? Um, in later episodes, you'll see him use it. What does he do? Roundhouse kick people into space? No, he actually... There's an episode where you see him use his um, implant to move this giant gun. Giant. Not little. Giant gun. He okay. powers it up and he uses, you, see it, you, see him, you see the arm and leg both transform and he's able to move this thing. Cool. It's just, you know, you don't ever really see him ever do anything else of, on that mag- that level of size and magnitude ever. But, you know, it's kind of hard. And like So that's just one side. Of, it's like one side of your body is ultra strong. The other side. Okay. It's kind of like the Bionic Man thing. Always pissing me off. But the Bionic Man had like uh, both legs and one arm. Right. And it was always like, you know, it, that made sense. His legs can run and the arm, his right arm could do stuff and then. I don't think they really thought a lot of that through where, all right, so his one arm is bionic. 
but he's lifting like a truck and a car and all, and all, all these like super heavy things. Your spinal cord would not be able to take that kind of like uh, right. stress. You, we know a lot. I mean, like, that's, like the, the whole rest of your body would just like disintegrate while the arms while the arm remains intact. Right. Exactly. This, you know, I think Bionic Six got it right. I don't remember uh, what they're. If you watch when Bionic One transforms, you'll see the all the mechanism, the entire frame is what's. So their whole body is. So I think the only thing that's left is the brain. So they're like a uh, RoboCop. Yeah, RoboCop, but faster. Okay. So let's close out this episode. We should close out this episode because we've done it. We've gone through episode two. We've talked about giblets being kicked by mechanical bionic legs. Yep. And got to end of episode, and I've hopefully redeemed myself. And I will not delete this one. I feel redeemed personally. Okay, listeners. So that was New Frontier. And next episode, we're going to be doing episode three. Uh, that's Tortuna. So tune in next time. Check us out on Twitter. Uh, we're at galaxy underscore rangers. Send us feedback. You can email us at galaxy rangers, no space, at email.com. Galaxy rangers at email.com. Not Gmail. E, because we're excellent. We've been your hosts. I'm RD. And I'm Jay. And we'll see you next time. Disengage your freaking hyperdrive. <laughs> Something. <laughs> I'll just add a little bit. I know. That's fine. Acting school. Acting. Thank you. Bye. No, nobody ever got shot in G.I. Joe. But I'm going to close out the podcast. We'll continue talking about this uh, after the credits roll. Nobody died in G.I. Joe until Duke, G.I. Joe the movie, in, in 1987, which they actually cut the death out of it. I mean, they animated his death. But what they did was they used uh, voiceover to just say that he's in a coma and that and at the end of the movie, they, they don't animate anything else with Duke because he's gone. But Doc says over the radio, Duke is out of his coma. Yay. <laughs> it's like, what? And the TV show, they dropped Sumbo because they were too expensive and went with and went with Dick, D.I.C., and they really botched the show. They made they made G.I. Joe horrible. Sumbo did uh, two seasons of G.I. Joe and the movie. After the movie, Dick took over. I think they were the same writers, but it was just a whole different animation studio. And even though it was the same writing, same voice actors, same whatever, it uh, the show had a decidedly different feel and it just wasn't good. Yeah.